Ladies and gentlemen, this is America's Healthcare Advocate Show. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show. Separating fact from fiction. We're going to repeal it and replace it. And and it'll be great health care for much less money. We can have the benefits that were promised to them without any change whatsoever. But if we keep kicking the can down the road, keep digging the hole deeper, burying that deficit more, that's much harder to keep that kind of a commitment. Broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Uh, Susan Tom from Kansas City, Missouri. Marsha from Pittsburgh. My very special guest today, Grace Marie Turner, president of the Galen Institute. Welcome back, Grace Marie. Well, Carrie, it's a pleasure to be with you. And I do have to say, you are the most knowledgeable about health policy, just superlative. And now, ladies and gentlemen, America's healthcare advocate, Carrie Hall. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Our producer is Mr. Scott Larson. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. This is your show, America. Thank you for joining us and making us one of the most listened to shows throughout the United States. We're on 144 radio stations now, thanks to all of you. We're also on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. That's all a result of all of our listeners out there. If you have any questions about health insurance or health insurance-related issues, you can call the toll-free number 877 877- 385-2224. That's 877-385-2224. I have guests in studio today. This is so you cannot call in live to the show, but if you have questions and we can help you with something, call that number. The operators are standing by and they'll be happy to help you. If you want to go online and just send an email, go to the website americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com, um, and just send me an email. I get about 250 a day, so I don't answer each one of them the same day, but I do answer each and every one of them. So the website, again, is americashealthcareadvocate.com. A lot of information up there. The shows are posted up there as well. All right, coming up in today, uh, today in the show, we've got Dr. Jeffrey Burns back in studio with us. Welcome back, doctor. Great to be here. And we've got uh, Mr. Joe Gettemeyer here today. Welcome. Thank Glad you. Glad to have you here, Joe. Thank you. Nice to be here. This is the second in our ongoing series of shows on Alzheimer's presented by the GAP Foundation. So the, the, the purpose of these shows is to educate you in, in terms of what's going on with Alzheimer's, to talk about what they're doing to find a cure, and, and to talk about how you can get involved in these various programs. So that's the purpose of today's show. We're very fortunate to have in studio with us again Dr. Burns and Mr. Joe Gettemeyer, who is a trial participant. He's going to talk about his experience and why he does decided to do this today. So I think you're going to find this informative. I think you're going to find it educational. And I think you're going to find it very interesting and compelling as we talk with Dr. Burns and Joe Gettemeyer. Dr. Burns graduated with a degree in English and Japanese from the University of Notre Dame and attended medical school at the University of Kansas School of Medicine. Dr. Burns completed his residency in neurology at the University of Virginia, his postdoctoral fellowship in Alzheimer's Disease and Research Center at Washington University in St. Louis, and has a master's of science in clinical research at the University of Kansas. Well, doctor, we're glad to have you back, and you've got a busy schedule. We're very happy you took time to join us today and and to talk with our audience. Let's kind of start by just defining the the scope of this problem, because it's huge, and I don't think a lot in our audience actually understand what the impact is in our country. So let's kind of define that a little bit, doctor. Sure, yeah, no, it's a huge problem. Um, We've got more than 5 million Americans who have Alzheimer's disease, and that's growing. It's growing because we're uh, living longer, healthier lives, and the fastest-growing segment of the population is 85 and older. 
And it turns out about one out of three people over the age of 85 um, have Alzheimer's disease. So that's a pretty incredible number. One out of three people over the age of 85 have Alzheimer's. And that, that segment of the population has grown fast. Um, the other segment that's grown fast is 65 and older. And about one out of 10, one out of 11 in that age group have Alzheimer's disease. And so because we're seeing this huge increase in the number of people we're living longer, healthier lives, we're seeing a big increase in the number of people at risk for Alzheimer's disease. We're seeing a big increase in the, in the numbers of people who have it. Um, and, you know, it's a incredibly costly disease from a lot of different angles. Um, it's actually now estimated to be the costliest disease, more more expensive to our economy than cancer and heart disease. So um, so it's a huge problem on, on every level, from, you know, personal level, everybody's at risk, to, you know, the societal level and economic level. So um, <clears throat> that's why we're seeing such a big uh, push uh, towards fighting Alzheimer's disease and trying to do it in two ways, find ways to treat it for people who ha- are, you know, having memory problems and find ways to prevent it in people who are healthy. Can we stop it before it starts? Um, so that's that's why we're seeing this huge uh, focus on the disease. Well, yeah, and you know, you talk about there, there are 5 million people obviously, uh, you know, afflicted with the disease now. One every 60 seconds is diagnosed as having Alzheimer's. But what about the 15 million caregivers, doctor, that are, are, are responsible for taking care of people that have this disease in advanced stages and all the other issues that go around that. When you talk about the impact, you're looking now at 20 million people between yeah. the people with the disease and the 15 million caregivers. What kind of an impact does this have on someone when they have to be the sole caregiver? And unfortunately, in today's world, that typically falls on women. Um, w- what's the impact on those caregivers? Well, yeah, you're making a great point. I mean, this isn't a disease. I mean, this is a disease of an individual, but it's really a family disease. It's a disease that that affects uh, everybody in the family and the caregivers, and uh, and usually there are multiple caregivers, and um, so the impact is enormous and far beyond for uh, for the individual who's suffering from the disease. It's really impacting the family, and um, we know that caregivers have a lot of stress, and that stress uh, ends up uh, resulting in um, you know, health issues, physical issues and mental health issues. And, um, and so, you know, some of the research we're doing is focused on caregivers. How do we help caregivers, uh, you know, fight back and, uh, better handle the disease. So it, 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 you know, so your point is, is great, um, that this is a disease that really has a far reach and a big impact way beyond, uh, just the individuals who, the 5 million individuals who have the disease. Yeah, and it, it's kind of scary when you say uh, the, 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 the fastest-growing segment of the population, this is good news, I guess, especially if you're chronologically challenged like me. <laughs> Joe's laughing at me. But, but, you know, but having said that, you know, the fastest-growing segment of the population is, is 85-plus, but one out of three of those people are going to be afflicted with this, with this disease. That's a significant impact. Oh, yeah. It's big. And, you know, and it's growing. I mean, we're, you're right, it's good news. We're living longer, healthier lives. And, and as a result of that, we're seeing more and more of, of Alzheimer's disease. And, um, and we have to adapt to that. We have to adapt our, uh, you know, medicine, and we have to adapt our systems that are in place to handle that. Um, and that's the challenge that we have right now. Um, and, you know, we're, we're going at it uh, with, the, you know, how do, we, how do we fight this disease in terms of better treatments and how do we fight it in terms of can we keep people healthier longer? Can we prevent this disease from starting in the first place? Um, and 
you know, that's that we we see that as you know a primary challenge um, from uh, from the re- on the research side, um, and we think we're making strides forward, um, and we're excited about the future in terms of uh, of our goals, which are to find ways to slow this disease in people who have it, or reverse it in people who have it, or cure it. I mean, that's the that's the goal. Can we cure it? Um, um, but then we think more importantly, can we identify it in people who are healthy before there's any symptoms and then stop the disease? So we're looking for, uh, changes in the brain before the onset of any memory problems right now, we're doing this in research, uh, and then trying to stop the disease from progressing, uh, um, you know, before people have symptoms. And that's really that's really the key, isn't it? Initially, is to is to be able to identify it and then see if there's a way to stop it or at the very least slow it down significantly, which we'll talk about as we go through yeah. the broadcast today. But that that the, the focus of on identifying it, you can identify it now, can you not, doctor? Yeah, we do have uh, what we call biomarkers, imaging biomarkers, <coughs> blood biomarkers that we're focused on in the research arena that we think uh, identify changes that are linked to Alzheimer's disease and that, that we see before the onset of symptoms. Now, we haven't fully validated those measures. They're not in clinical practice yet, but in research, we're doing that, um, uh, looking for these changes before the onset of any memory problems. And we're testing new strategies to to try to delay the onset or reverse that that process entirely. So it's really an exci- a very exciting time in the research arena uh, in the fight against Alzheimer's disease. How important is this early identification issue, doctor? Well, that's the big question. I mean, you know, in terms of translating it to public health and translating it into the clinics, um, we're not, we, we don't have the data yet to answer your question uh, as well as we want. You know, we think, I mean, obviously that goal is incredibly important you know, to identify, you know, highly relevant changes to the Alzheimer's process before the onset of any symptoms, that's really important if we have treatments and if we have interventions that can stop that process. So uh, we're working those questions out right now. Trying to get there. Trying to get there. And and when we come back from the break, we're going to talk more about that. I'm going to ask Joe Gattemeyer today to 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 start telling his story and tell you why he got involved. He, he's been in these trials. He's participating in two of them right now. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about what the impact of that has been. By the way, if you want information on this anywhere in the country, go to the website memorystrings.org, memorystrings.org. That is the Gap Foundation site, um, and all their information is up on the website. I'll talk more about it when I get back from the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting on the HIA radio network, coast to coast across the USA. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the Fruited Plain here on the HIA Radio Network. You can find out more about us by visiting our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Our producer is Mr. Scott Larson. I'm your host, Kerry Hall. Memorystrings.org, folks, that's the website. If you want to get involved or you just want to learn about trials in your area, and there are trials all over the country, 
right here in Kansas City, KU is participating. They have trials going on. Dr. Burns is going to talk about those. In Los Angeles, California, USC's got trials going on. Baylor College in Waco, Texas. Richmond Behavioral Associates in Rhode Island. Vanderbilt in Nashville, Tennessee. There are 71 different trial locations around the country. If, when you hear Joe tell his story today, or you've got somebody in your family, or maybe it's you, and you think this is an issue, you can go up to their website. Uh, you can click on the Get Involved. Click the Join logo up there, the tab. It'll take you down. You can fill out the information, and they'll be happy to reach out to you. It can show you every trial that's out there. It'll explain what's going on. I think you'll find it amazing. Um, it is a great website. You can also go on the uh, on the Our Community portion of that website, and it'll give you all the hospitals and the research areas that are, that are going on in the country. So once again, the website is memorystrings.org, memorystrings.org. Well, Joe, first of all, happy birthday. Today is your 75th birthday. Thank you. Thank so, you. so I have to give you the quote from Satchel Page when he was always asked about his age, and he was a great Negro Leagues baseball player and a pitcher. They, they constantly harassed him about his age because he would never tell anybody how old he was. Right. So he said, when they'd ask him about it, he'd say, well, it's just mind over matter. If you don't mind, it don't matter. So, <laughs> so I've, always thought that that was a, I've always thought that was a great uh, – uh, a, a great philosophy to have as as we since I'm 67 and I'm not far behind you, uh, you know. It's a, I thought it was great to uh, uh, a great way to frame his philosophy on sure. aging. So, so happy birthday, 75 years young today. So, you know, the the, the biggest challenge that, that that Gap Foundation and 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 organizations and, and and facilities like KU and and researchers like Dr. Burns faced is getting people in these trials. So. Why did you decide to do this? And then let's talk about your journey through the trials, Joe. Well, I've known for a long time that I'm a, I'm a great candidate for Alzheimer's. It runs in my family. My two sisters had it. My two brothers had it. My mother had it. Or my father. And my mother didn't have it. Uh, her two sisters did. And my father's mother had it. So it just runs rampant in our family. But uh, I was... Uh, happened into it because I happened to be at a um, uh, church meeting one day and my daughter was there and she told me about an Alzheimer's group, a fellow who knew everything there was to know about Alzheimer's was going to be speaking in a uh, discussion group and she wanted to know if I wanted to go and I said absolutely. So I went to that. And, and so met. this was the fellow, huh? This was the fellow right here. But he's got all the answers. It was Dr. Burns, okay. That's right. All right. So I went down and talked to him, and he got me in an exercise study they were doing at the time. And uh, I don't know whether it helped or, or hindered. I think I may have been too far along by the time I got there. But uh, I went from that study into another one uh, where they actually gave me an experimental drug for Alzheimer's, and that's what I wanted, something experimental. But it's been a great experience. I mean, the uh, the people are great, and they, they do a fantastic job. I mean, it's just amazing to see how well they handle themselves, and they handle us, you know, and the, the people that are in the training. And I just, I figured I might be too far gone, but I've got 18 grandkids. and You've uh, got 18 yes, grandkids? Sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> How do you remember all the names? I wouldn't even want to try I, to do. I've got three. That's that's a handful. Eighteen. I didn't say I remembered the names. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> but in any event, uh, they, uh, you know, I hope for a better world for them, and if not them, their kids or something, because it is a terrible situation. I've seen it firsthand uh, with my brothers and sisters, and 
my uh, my dad and and his mother. I mean, it's just an awful disease. Uh, somebody told me that it's it's not as bad as uh, Lou Gehrig's disease because Lou Gehrig, your your mind is sharp, but your body goes to hell in a handbasket. You know, and Alzheimer's is kind of the same. It's yeah. the reverse opposite of it. But uh, I'm just, you know, I, I think it's great that they're doing the research and uh, they're making progress in it. And ultimately, it, it'll be one of the diseases, hopefully, that they stomp out, you know. So people are, are, when they hear about these trials, and you talked about you run an exercise trial. I know Dr. Burns has got exercise trials. They've got diet trials and, uh, at the different locations around the country. They do a lot of the same things. And, and now you're in a pharmaceutical trial. People are afraid of this. They, they, they hear this, and they and, and, and there's a fear that, oh, my God, I don't know if I want to, you know. Can you talk a little bit about that? And, and you're, you know, in listening to you talk about what a great group of people they are and, and what it's like to be in the trial, talk a little bit about that fear factor and how you felt about that once you went into the trial. Well, uh, I didn't really have a fear factor. Uh, it, it didn't show in my case because, I mean, I'm 75 now. Last year I was 74. Look at that math. And uh, anyway, I just, uh, I didn't think I had a lot to worry about, you know, and, and I thought it's probably going to do some good, uh, if not today, maybe tomorrow, you know. And and so that never bothered me. I've been in clinical trials um, in the past with some of the other pharmaceutical research companies, you know. And uh, I mean, it, it's amazing. They give you a long list of things that can happen. Your arm can fall off. You can go blind and on and on and on. <laughs> I said, you know, somebody will come get me. It's all right. There, there you go. But, <laughs> I just get one of my kids over here. <laughs> but, you know, and you said something interesting, too. You said you know, you've got 18 grandchildren, and, and you, it, it, because it, it's it, what motivates people to do this. And, 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 you know, John Dwyer from the Gap Foundation has a famous saying, the first person cured from Alzheimer's is going to be in a clinical trial. That's where they're going to find the cure. But you said something very interesting as we're going up on break here in a few minutes, but that, that you wanted to make this a better world for your children and your grandchildren. Sure. Because it runs in your family. You right. talked about all these family members that have had this. Right. So not only are you looking to benefit yourself and, 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 and arrest this disease before it becomes significant, but also what does it mean to future generations? Absolutely. Yeah, right. That's... Uh... <clears throat> I mean, I don't have any great-grandkids yet. I don't have any grandkids that are married. But uh, it's just amazing to me that uh, this disease is, is out there running rampant, and there's not a lot of – I mean, there is a lot uh, of research going on, but by the same token, it's such a vast disease that just – I mean, it's, it's necessary that we get more people involved and do more clinical trials, and that's where the answer will come from. And that's the only way we're going to get an answer. And, Doctor, just in Kansas City alone, you're looking for, what, 615 people in this metro to participate at KU? Yes, yeah, so over the next couple of years, we need 650. So 650? <laughs> I said 615. 650 okay. with and without Alzheimer's disease. So yeah, so with and without memory problems. And before we go to break, talk. we've got a few about 30 seconds here. Talk about with and without. You don't have to have an issue, so just touch on that. You don't have to have an issue. In fact, you know, <laughs> our prevention studies focus on people without memory issues and without, you know, memory concerns, and we're trying to find ways to keep them healthy longer. We're also looking for people with really, really mild symptoms like Joe, 
um, who's got very, very, very mild symptoms. Um, and then we're looking for people with, you know, more overt Alzheimer's disease. The website is memorystrings.org, memorystrings.org. All the information is up there. I'm going to be right back from the break. We'll continue this fascinating conversation here on America's Healthcare Advocate. Stay tuned. I'll be right back after the break with more. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting on the HIA radio network, coast to coast across the USA. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HIA Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. My producer, the always perfect Mr. Scott Larson. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. Coming up in this segment, we're going to continue this conversation uh, that we're having today with Dr. Joe Burns from KU Medical Center here in the Kansas City Metro, and Mr. Joe Gattemeyer, who has come in studio today on his 75th birthday to talk about Alzheimer's, the trials that he's participating in, and why this is important. And I, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you heard doctors say in the last segment they're looking for 650 people right here uh, in the Kansas City area. We're broadcasting across the country, and I've told you there are trials available all over the country, from Los Angeles to Nashville, Tennessee, and all points in between. If you go to the website memorystrings.org, everything is up there. You can look at the information, you can click on the university and see what they've got going on or the facility that's having a particular trial all you have to do is click join all of it's up there or you can click our community again all the information is up there if you want to get involved it's a simple form you fill it out and they'll reach out and contact you in your particular area so it's a simple thing to do you you know you heard Joe say why is he doing this he's got 18 grandchildren so not only is he doing it because he wants benefit from himself but it's also something is generational. And you also heard him talk about the fact that many people in his family have had this, so it's a genetic situation. So once again, the website, memorystrings.org, and I'll remind you what John Dyer says, the first person cured from Alzheimer's will be in a clinical trial. The website's memorystrings.org. All right, doctor, let's go through these trials. And he, Joe's participated in an exercise trial. Um, now he's in a he's in a pharmaceutical trial. Let's talk about the different trials and why they're important. Now, what is it you're trying to do with the trials? Yeah, so I mean, it's actually it's <coughs> never been a more exciting time for research in Alzheimer's disease because of the the diversity of trials that we have ongoing right now. So Joe's just the, the best example of uh, of somebody who's participated in a number of different things. Um, from an exercise trial to a drug study, an, uh, a pharmaceutical study, um, where we're testing, uh, you know, a new approach um, to try to to uh, stop the disease. Um, so, you know, we have all, you know, diet studies, exercise studies, and drug studies, and we're testing, as I mentioned earlier, we're testing different ideas, but two main ones, you know, these these approaches to prevent the disease in the first place from starting. And then for people who are dealing with mild issues to severe issues, can we either reduce the symptoms um, or ideally, can we cure it? Can we reverse this completely um, and stop it? And so broad variety of studies. We have 25 studies that are ongoing right now at the University of Kansas Alzheimer's Center. Um, <clears throat> you know, but every site's different in terms of the portfolio of studies that are being done. But they range from, you know, diet and exercise lifestyle studies to 
new approaches to go after, you know, the root cause or what we believe might be the root cause of the disease. Um, and that's actually where the field is really diversified in the last couple of years. We don't really know what causes this disease. Um, we go after targets like the amyloid plaque buildup in the brain, or we go after targets like the tangles in the brain or the inflammation that we see with the disease. Um, and so we're testing diverse approaches to going at um, what might be the root cause of the disease. And so we're trying different targets to try to stop this disease or reverse it. So because people, some people would ha have a natural aversion to doing pharmaceutical trials. Joe doesn't have a problem with that, but there are people out there listening who certainly will. Um, talk about the diet and exercise part of the thing. Why is that important? Why is it even relevant? What has that got to do with whether you've got an amyloid plaque in your brain or you've got the tangles or any of the rest of it? Talk about that, doctor. Yeah, right. Um, and <clears throat> so that's a great question. I mean, you know, we know diet and exercise aren't going to be the cure for Alzheimer's disease. But we do think that diet and exercise have an impact on the disease. And we think it may have be something that can delay the onset of the disease in people who don't have problems. Um, so, you know, so the effects are not, you know, necessarily going to be profound effects, but they could have a profound impact on our society. So I'll give you an example. If we, if we you know, knew more about diet and exercise and used it better and proved it could delay the onset of Alzheimer's disease, if we could push the onset back five years across the population. So instead of being 85, it'd be 90. If it were, say, the onset, average onset were 90 instead of 85, that's, you know, or, or you know, for, an in, for individuals. Correct. Yeah. Uh, we would cut the prevalence by 50%. Um, so we would cut the, the, the disease Are in half serious? across the 50%. population. Are you serious? 50%. Yep. That's uh, so, you know, something simple like diet and exercise, you know, if we know more about, you know, its effect and understand how to use that effect better, if we do it across the population, we can have a profound impact on the disease uh, from a populace, population health perspective. So, you know, what's motivating us is uh, for studies like that is we think diet and exercise have an impact on the disease. Um, we don't have drugs yet that can do that. So let's use what we got and let's understand it better. Let's use what we got to really maximize that effect. And meanwhile, let's develop drugs that, that may cure this disease. Um, so we're going at it from multiple angles right now. So diet and exercise, uh, ladies and gentlemen, memorystrings.org is the website. As I said, there are 71 trials going on around the country, everywhere from Los Angeles to Nashville to Waco, Texas to Rhode Island. So if you want to get involved, you're, you're, maybe you've got a family member like Joe. His daughter told him in a church discussion to go to a meeting, there was Dr. Burns. So that's how he got involved. So maybe it's your mother, maybe it's your father, maybe it's your uncle, maybe it's your grandfather. Memorystrings.org. It's a fantastic website, very easy to navigate. All the information is up there if you want to do something. Um, that, that's a great way to do it. Joe, how disruptive was this for you? To, I mean, does it take a lot of time going through the trial, the exercise part? Um, how's the interaction with that been? And what's it been like for you, Joe? Uh, it hasn't been disruptive at all. The uh, I started one of my first trials with them was an exercise study, and I walked on a treadmill for 40 minutes four times a week, and they wanted me to keep my heart rate at a certain rate, and they monitored that, you know. So uh, it was good exercise for me. I was sorry when it ended because uh, I enjoyed. You, doing you didn't it. have the discipline to. They they made you do it, That's so you right. were glad they made That's you do right. it. Yeah, it's kind of like going to one of those classes. You got to go, so you have to do it. It's volunteer, but you better volunteer. Thank you. Yeah, I like kind of like being in the military. Right, right. So I I enjoyed it. I thought it was it was a good time, and it it 
I wanted to continue it afterwards, and I didn't have the, uh, uh, I don't know, the stick-to-itiveness that allowed me to do that. But it was I got nine months out of it with this study, so it did work, and I could see improvements in my health. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. It uh, It's one of those things, I don't know why I quit. I never should have. I had too many things to do at home or something. 18 grandchildren to look after. That's right. That's right. (laughs) That's right. But it isn't disruptive at all. And there's, there's no pain to speak of. And, and it's, uh, it's a non factor, you know, I, uh, I'd do it again in a heartbeat, you know, and obviously you're still participating in the pharmaceutical trial. So yeah, uh, obviously you feel like uh, this is worthwhile and it's going to make progress. Doctor, before we go to break, we've got about three minutes here. Talk about a little bit about the pharmaceutical trials, and we've talked about the other two, but talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so you know, again, we're we're testing multiple approaches to trying to fight this disease, um, and I'll give you one example. And the one that Joe's participating in is a trial where the the uh, drug being tested is designed to go after amyloid plaque buildup. Is this the Biogen trial? This is the Biogen trial, okay. right? Using the uh, testing the Biogen. Uh, compound aducanumab, which is a which is an antibody that um, that goes after amyloid. So the idea here is, uh, if somebody has early buildup of amyloid with very 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 mild symptoms, um, can we can we you know pull that amyloid out, and will that have an impact uh, long term for the patient in terms of memory changes, um, you know the cognitive changes that we see. So uh, so it's an approach. It's really you know if amyloid now, the big question is what causes the disease. Right. And the hypothesis that we've been testing for a while now is amyloid, this amyloid protein that we see build up in people with Alzheimer's disease uh, or very early in the process. Um, if it causes a disease and we block it or remove it from the brain, we might have a cure. Um, on the other hand, we don't know if it necessarily causes a disease. Um, but it's associated with the disease. You do know that. That link has been made. It's very strongly associated with the disease. But what we don't know is, is it the fire or the smoke? Um, That's an interesting way to put that, yeah. So if it's the fire, we put it out, great. If it's the smoke, uh, you know, we may not have an impact on the actual pro- disease But process. it's going to lead you to the fire. That's what we have. So we're, we're, we're going after it from a lot of different angles. Yep. And that's and that's the purposes. That's so the how purpose. how long has this trial been going on that, that Joe's involved in? Oh, I think we we started enrolling maybe a year ago. Okay, uh, it's an eighteen month trial. Um, so for the individuals who enroll, they're in it for eighteen months. Uh, we're still enrolling for that trial right now. Um, and although t- enrollment will be complete for that specific trial, I think in the next maybe six months. Um, but we have other trials and other approaches as well that, that are similar, but maybe going after a different angle. The website, ladies and gentlemen, is memorystrings.org, memorystrings.org. You heard Joe talk about it. You've heard the doctor talk about it. The reasons are obvious. If you want information, you've got somebody in your family, go to the website, memorystrings.org. We're going to come back after the break. When I come back after the break, I'm going to ask Dr. Burns to talk about breakthroughs and where he sees this going the next five to ten years. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting on the HI radio network, coast to coast, Across the USA. Once more, that website is memorystrings.org if you want information. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting on 
the HIA Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. My guests in studio, Dr. Burns and Mr. Joe Getmeyer, talking uh, talking with us today about Alzheimer's, all the impact, what's going on, why is it important, what are they doing to find a cure? If you want to know the answer to that, you want to get involved, you want to do what Joe has done, maybe it's your father, your mother, your grandmother, whatever the case may be, go to the website, memorystrings.org, memorystrings.org. It's a simple, easy-to-follow website. You can go up there and click join or you can click our community all the information on the trials is up there and there's just a lot of good information up there if you want to know more about this disease that's a great place to do it memorystrings.org all right you know (coughs) there are a group of people out there doctor who take the ostrich approach to this which is i don't want to know i don't want to know if i've got it i don't want to know which i find interesting because if you've got cancer or you think you're going to you want to know you go get a psa cancer screen because you want to know Okay, if you're going to get prostate cancer, you know, you, you, you do certain things. I'm, I'm a brain tumor survivor from back in 1985. Trust me, you want to know. Okay, mm. why do people have this attitude about this disease? I don't want to know. Yeah, Doctor? yeah, there is a group of people that that there's anxiety or a lot of angst and concern, and they they'd rather not not know. Um, you know, but but uh, we think early diagnosis and early recognition of symptoms when they're present is important, and it's important for a, for a number of reasons. Um, there are things we can do about it. Yes. So there are treatments, and that's one sort of misnomer about Alzheimer's disease is there there are things we can do. There are treatments. This is a treatable disease. Now it's not curable. We can't stop it. We we got to get there, and we're working hard at but that. But you're not going to get there if there aren't more that's, Joe Getmeyers out that's there. That's right. Okay. Yep. That's the point. Yeah. Okay. There there've got to be more guys and gals doing what he's doing if you're going to get there, right? That's right. So we and need, the I don't want to know approach isn't going to do anything but prolong the issue, and it's not helping the people that 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 actually have the problem. Right. So, yeah, so I think recognizing it, facing it head on, and going after it is important. Being proactive. There's things you can do with your lifestyle, and there's uh, there are drugs. I mean, we have drugs that help. Joe's in a trial oh, for that right now. That's right. In that and, biosphere trial. And we need, yeah, we need that. We need people to, we need the culture to shift towards, you know, we need an individual who's dealing with this or a family who's dealing with this needs to be thinking about clinical trials and participating in clinical trials. Why? Well, the thing that slows us down more than anything else is is enrolling people into trials and finding the volunteers to move these trials forward. That slows us down more than anything else, and people are surprised when they hear that. Um, it's not really the science, and it's not really the the, the you know the scientists. It's uh, we've it, that's out there. We're working on it. Yes, yeah, seventy-one different facilities across the country. The website's very obvious. Yes, yeah. it's it's how fast can we get our studies done? And it takes years to do these studies. Um, and, and we and the Gap Foundation are trying to cut that time in half. Yeah, that's that. That's what John Dwyer came on this broadcast when we did our first show for Gap and talked about their goals to cut it in half. Yeah, that's a big goal. That's a big. But it's goal. not going to happen without more people like Joe Gettemar. Yep, absolutely. All right, so let's let let's talk about where this is going now. Let, what progress do you see? Where you know, I know there were two drugs that, that came out not very long ago. I believe Eli Lilly had one, and there was one other one. Both of them failed. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good news was all that information. It wasn't a total loss because John came on and described the fact that all that information was shared with everybody. Right. So that you're. So let's talk about how it's moving forward. Yeah. So I mean, you know, trial <laughs> failures are steps forward. I mean, you know, we're we're not not every trial is going to be a success. I mean, it's been a long time since we've had a success in the Alzheimer's arena, 
Uh, but this is how it works. We need uh, every every trial we do as a big step forward, even if you know the headline says it's a failure, because um, we learn from it. Um, so we're going after this sort of systematically, and we're going after different uh, angles and approaches. And you know, if it fails, we check the box and we move on. Um, so yeah, so those those even a drug study that that you know we find the drug is not effective, we learn something from it and we move the field forward. So. Uh, that's how it works. Um, so, you know, where is the field headed? I mean, I think, you know, we're testing uh, so many different angles. We're moving towards a cure and we're moving towards, uh, you know, a disease modifying is the way we, we d- discuss it, a disease modifying therapy that actually stops the disease process rather than what we have right now, which is to improve some of the symptoms without modifying the actual disease process. That's what we have now is symptomatic drugs that help help the symptoms. Um, but I think we're moving in the direction, and we'll be there. It's a, not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. You're optimistic. Oh yeah, um, you know we'll we'll get there. Uh, but it's more a matter of when uh, when we will get there. And so that's why we need people to step up and join these these trials uh, and help us move the field forward. And then the other thing that you know the other uh, um, area that where we're going to see a big uh, advance, I think, at some point, is in the prevention area, and it's in the you know, so that's a totally different – you see that as a totally different issue. It's a different – yeah, I mean, it's a different – I mean, scientifically, we approach it differently. We uh, The study design is different. Um, in that area, it's let's take healthy people, people without any memory problems, and let's test strategies that we think will either delay the onset or, or delay it indefinitely um, for those individuals, keep them healthy forever um, until they, you know, until they pass from some other cause. Uh so, you know, prevention is a, is a whole different uh, ball game in terms of the studies that we're doing and the study design. And we need participants who have no memory problems for those. Um, so I think a day is coming where, where we will be able to spot, you know, risk factors or the disease process before the onset of any symptoms and then apply a drug or an intervention of some sort or a lifestyle intervention. Or a combination of things, com- diet, likely- exercise, drug, exactly. all the above. Exactly, a combination of approaches <clears throat> that will delay or reduce the risk or delay the onset for that individual um, of Alzheimer's disease. And so I think that day's coming where we'll spot the changes early and, and, you know, and push back the onset uh, for a good period of time. If not, but that's not going to happen without a lot more Joe Gettemeyer's. Yep. You're absolutely right. And, and that's critical to this process if we're going to be successful at this. Absolutely. And as I said, it's so critical. It's actually the number one limitation that we have is how, can we, you know, how do we find the volunteers and how do we get them into our studies and get the word out. So programs like this are fantastic for spreading the word. Uh, the GAP Foundation's working at it. Uh, we're always working at it. So uh, it's we got to get people into these trials. Joe, thank you for spending your 75th birthday with us today. Thank you. And, I appreciate and, it. Well, we appreciate you coming on here. It was wonderful that you came on and shared your story. MemoryStrings.org, ladies and gentlemen. We do these shows to educate you, to show you how to find solutions to problems. This one is significant. The website is MemoryStrings.org. MemoryStrings.org. All the information is up there. Go to the website, and you can get find out where the trials are, what's going on in your local area. MemoryStrings.org. Remember, friends, it's a funny thing about life. If you refuse to accept anything but the very best, you most often get it. Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting here on the HIA radio network, coast to coast across the USA. Goodbye, America.